0: How did Nigerian farmers grow back the country's trees and improve their crop yields? And has California changed its mind on nuclear? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becksphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hoag, a science writer. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Starting off with a climate victory in the African country Niger, which is about the size of France and Germany put together. National Geographic recently reported on how locals of the Nigerian towns have nurtured back trees after intense land clearing for agriculture, drought, and logging for firewood have left much of the country barren. Intense land clearing practices were brought on by the French colonists to make way for the peanut exporting industry. As a result, the area began experiencing more drought and resulting famine. But even once Niger was independent, farmers removed tree saplings to make way for intense agriculture in an attempt to feed an exploding population. So desperate to make money, villages sold their last bits of wood they had to cities for cooking. Then in the 1970s, the country tried to bring trees back with a massive tree planting plan, but fewer than 20% of the 60 million trees planted survived. But in the 80s, Farmers noticed that crops planted around tree saplings grew better and faster than those in cleared areas. Since then, Nigerian woodlands have grown back to over 200 million trees, and Niger's agricultural industry has grown significantly too. The drought even subsided. This was way cheaper and easier than planting trees and artificial means of improving crop yield. Other African countries have watched this and are looking to follow suit. Scientists have been trying to tell countries to regrow their tree populations for more than 35 years, and here's the proof. This method is called farmer-managed forest regeneration and was what humanity mainly did before industrialized agriculture. Over to the United States, where California has likely changed its mind about closing its last power plant, according to the Los Angeles Times. Governor Newsom told their editorial board Thursday he plans to ask for money out of the $6 billion fund opened up to states by the Department of Energy meant to save nuclear plants from closure. The Diablo Canyon power plant supplied 6% of the state's power last year, and right now its owner, Pacific Gas and Electric, or PG&E, is planning to shut it down by 2025 amidst decades of protests from anti-nuclear activists and concerned local community members. Nuclear was a popular form of clean energy until Chernobyl. The benefit of nuclear is its consistency because it doesn't rely on the elements for power. The concern is nuclear waste and earthquakes. But now 44% of Californians say they support nuclear, with 37% opposing. Still close, but this is the first time in a while a majority of Californians are actually supporting nuclear. Keeping the nuclear plan running will make it easier for the state to hit President Biden's goal for the energy sector net zero by 2035. I'll keep you posted on if this actually happens. PG&E so far is non-committal. I'm not sure what to make of this next story, but it's very interesting. The Lone Star Tick is becoming more common in the D.C. area. It originally started in the southern states, but now it can be found in much of the eastern part of the U.S., This tick doesn't spread Lyme disease, but when bitten, humans become severely allergic to red meat for life. This is called alpha gal syndrome. When the tick feeds on other mammals, it ingests alpha gal sugars, which is then injected into the human host. Because humans don't have alpha gal in our bodies, our bodies create a defense mechanism against it. But that means we have a hyperimmune response every time we consume red meat after the tick bite. This usually presents as a body rash. This tick's hunting ground has grown as the world's heating up. There's so much irony in this story. Red meat has the biggest carbon footprint in the agriculture industry, and the climate change it's contributing to is spreading a tick that makes it so people can no longer consume red meat. I'm not saying I'm rooting for the tick, but (laughs) wow. Though, of course, people are finding a way around it by genetically modifying pigs to have lower alpha-gal count. In December 2020, the Food and Drug Administration approved this form of genetic modification on pigs. For our only climate fail today, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announced that it will not be strengthening its ground-level ozone standards, reaffirming a Trump-era decision. Ozone is an air pollutant that makes smog, which causes respiratory illnesses. The limit will remain at 70 ppb, but the agency is still open to public feedback until the end of this month. And that was your climate news for Tuesday, May 3rd. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a 5-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Backosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.